Okay, good evening again, everybody, and welcome back to the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Bob. And uh, this is the only show where you can get both Chris and Bob Chipman for the price of one, <laughs> if, you're, if you're paying. Um, I uh, wanted to start off by, uh, you know, plugging my new tiers on my Patreon. Um, I now have a $1, a $5, and a $15 tier. $1 tier gets you three days early access to all my shows. Uh, the $5 gets you that same thing, plus your um, ability to choose a topic for the Creating Geeks podcast, as well as a new uh, feature, which I call Chippa Pays It Forward, where if you donate $5 or more to my Patreon, I will donate a dollar to the Patreon of your choice and plug that Patreon on my show. Um, so that's a cool idea. It's been working out pretty well so far. Um, uh, if you go to the $15 tier, you get all of those benefits. Plus you get your name called out in an episode of my show. Um, so with that, my $15 or more patrons are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Bob and I's mother, Patricia Chipman, because hi mom. And Hugh Campbell who goes by green goblin. Who's been on the Talkbuster podcast before. Um, also trying out an ad read thing um, to uh, to get some interest in that. So tonight's episode is brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast, your place for all things good and nerdy in this The Darkest Timeline. Um, that show is run by Axel and Ulrich, and they do weekly geekly, geeky discussions with many guests, including myself. Um, so please check them out um, because they're huge supporters of my shows. So, Bob, how you doing? I'm OK. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, I have tickets to see Godzilla tomorrow. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah, I can't friggin' wait. I wanted it's to start. So awesome. I wanted to start by talking about that because your your review. Um, everybody that I know or even remotely knows you and me comes up and goes, "Oh my god, your brother's review is amazing!" Like, it, fuck those Rotten Tomatoes scores. It makes me want to see the movie. Um, so so what do you think the reason the uh, the Critics have chosen to be um, harsh to this one. Well, not all of them. Uh, and, and again, Rotten Tomatoes is a weird aggregate anyway, right? We, we've gotten into that before. But well, It's a strange aggregate. I think I think that there's some disconnect. I think go, go, it, the idea of Godzilla as a, a big, like an, a big, a, the idea that, that Godzilla is an A-list, as an A-list franchise has always been this weird, has always been this weird thing. Like we, I mean, for at least as for literally longer than you or I have been alive, the, thus the story quote unquote of like the, the blockbuster movie thing has been that, uh, that, you know, like what used to be B movies are now a movies and, right. and, and some things in that regard have translated and and some have not. Like in the case of Star Wars, like Flash Gordon, you spend a lot more money on it. It becomes Star Wars, and and there you go. And it becomes like this, if not more serious thing than a thing that is a little easier to take seriously, even though it's not in and of itself serious. And it becomes a whole other thing. Or like Indiana Jones is Jungle Jim, or a dozen other pulp, you know, H. Ritter Haggard. Uh, Alan Quarterman, King Solomon's Mind stuff, but transformed into, you know, a realistic thing, right? Right, of course. But uh, not every sort of like, quote unquote, B-grade thing that existed in the golden age of, of the B-movies turned into an A-list thing. Some of them just kind of went away, right? right. Or, or, they, or they stayed as B-movie things, but they they became a different version thereof, you know, like the, the, the teenage drive-in movies, you know, that would be, you know, like, uh, I was a teenage werewolf or monster on the campus or something morphed into Friday the 13th and, uh, and Nightmare on Elm Street. And those stayed as low budget kind of youth appeal exploitation things just in a, a different form. Godzilla and giant monster movies and the whole kaiju thing, which has always been a bigger thing in Japan or, or whatnot, um, has not really, I think it's one of the things that people always assumed 
it, it feels like people have assumed that eventually this would turn into a big budget thing that would be like a big budget mainstream thing. It's like, oh, well, of course, yes, everyone remembers watching, you know, Godzilla as a kid and, and being, you know, this like for a thing that is a foreign made, dubbed into English, somewhat only partially understood culturally thing in the U.S. Godzilla is this ubiquitous thing. Everyone's heard of it. Everyone knows the basic idea that maybe they can name one or two of the other creatures. You know, like people know about Godzilla. It, it's never necessary. It's known, but it's never really been a mainstream phenomenon. You know, Godzilla is, it's ubiquitous because it was cheap to bring over this this thing from Japan that had, you know, wide yet also limited appeal to run on weekend afternoons dubbed crudely into English because most of the movie is characters that do not speak, that are men in puppet suits throwing each other around model train sets, and that appeals to six-year-olds. Of right? course. Yeah, which is awesome. So... I, I feel like the the point at which this becomes a a mainstream thing that anyone on the film critic side was ever invested in seeing as like a serious thing in the way that like the Marvel movies have become, you know, or superhero movies have been pretty much since Christopher Reeve. Ne it, it feels like a thing that people assume has happened that never really happened, right? Right, of course. Yeah, so, so we're now in the midst of of this one coming out, which is apart from Kong Skull Island and the two Pacific Rim movies, probably the only like well, the Kong Skull Island, the two Pacific Rim movies, and in a sense, Rampage, which is a sort of tongue in cheek adaptation of a video game that was itself a Godzilla parody. Right. That is a kind of an authentic. Let's just do what uh, Japanese Godzilla monster movies did, but more expensively uh, version of that. And I don't know that uh, that it's it's that surprising that uh, you know us that the press to a certain extent is giving it the kinds of reviews that you generally would give to something like this. Like I don't think they're being dishonest when. It's being approached as, you know, hey, there's really not that much in the way of a uh, a, a plot to, to this. It's not especially deep. The characters are not uh, super nuanced. I think it's exactly as deep and nuanced as it needs to be. And I, I would, I think it can be argued that it's exactly as on point and accomplishing what it needs to accomplish as the better tier of, of like the just for fun Marvel movies. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I think that the Warner brothers has never known in my round of rambling way of how to do this. I don't know that Warner brothers really has known how to market this or skull island like skull island was successful but even like you, you remember the, the trailers for kong skull island lean really really hard into the fact that it takes place during vietnam and they kind of got every rant like every little like you know two second shot in that movie that's a brief brief allusion to like apocalypse now or the deer hunter because it's set in the 70s and that's a nice inside joke they put in the trailer all back to back and threw, like, period rock music over it and made yep. it look like, oh, like, so if you watch that trailer, it looked like, oh, man, are, are is, is this, like, this is King Kong, but, like, Viet Kong? And, like, are, is, like, King Kong, like, a metaphor for the U.S.? And then you go and see it. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's a... No, big, mon big monkey hits things. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's an it's an island full of big monsters movie, and it's set in the '70s because that's where it needs to be in the continuity, and also that makes it fun and explains why they don't just get on their cell phones and call it an airstrike, you know. And right. that's and and that's it. So, and I think that because that movie was so much more old timey and pulpy, just in tone, that uh, people and critics we're able to look at it and approach it as just, oh, okay, all right, they're having a goof. It's King Kong. He's a monkey. Monkeys are innately funny. We're having a good time there. Um, but there were some takes on it that 
came at it from, you know, they were selling us something that looked like it might be sort of a serious or kind of edgy movie here, and instead this this is just basically a kid's movie. And I think that some of this, like the trailers for this have been magnificent, but the trailers for this aren't really the movie. You know, with the trailers, they've been using like classical music and they've been using like the, the big establishing, you know, like the camera standing still composed like a painting shot so the monsters revealing themselves, which are gorgeous. But like about as many of those types of scenes that are in the trailers are also in the movie. Right. You know, a lot of this, you know, most of this movie is, you know, big, exciting scenes of the monsters throwing each other around in things and people running away. And when there are, you know, dialogue driven scenes about them, they're dialogue driven scenes that are about people explaining what they think the monsters are thinking because the monsters can't talk. So, right, right, you know, right. Yeah, most like most of the dialogue in this, like mo most of the big dramatic scenes in, in this movie are very expressively animated, you know, monster characters sort of, you know, making faces at one another and then cut back to Zizong, Ken Watanabe, Kyle Chandler, Vera Farmiga, you know, someone who's very, very good at, you know, just making boilerplate dialogue sound good, you know, saying, you know, one person says, so what's going on? I think those two know each other. And that like that's the movie. You, you know, <laughs> See, that, I think that's exactly what I want. Right. That's I mean, it's it's a Godzilla movie. I don't know and and like I, I it's not like like people are this is starting to be the because I have a very positive review of the movie and a lot of people have very negative reviews of the movie, so it's getting tossed around as you know, it's like, oh, this this is the real review and the other critics are assholes and you and so like I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, no, that's not what I'm getting I'm, at at all. I, I just. I also yeah. don't like the the use of Rotten Tomatoes to kind of yeah, like I, crap on stuff too. I, I don't like that either. Yeah, like I'm. I'm not like my positive review is not a cudgel against other people's negative reviews, but I. It's not like super surprising to me that there, that this isn't like a movie that's going to get like super big good reviews because I don't necessarily know that this is built to do that. I also don't know that a lot of the, I'm not going to like say that anyone who gave this, and I think that there are some negative reviews of it that are kind of dumb. I also think there's some kind of positive reviews that are kind of dumb because like I sincerely really liked it and thought like, wow, this really works. I'm really into it. I'm, I'm really feeling it. But then like I see other reviews that are basically agreeing with the bad reviews but coming out on a good side, like, yeah, this is stupid, and there's no characters, and it's just a Transformers movie with lizards, and I'm good with that. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not. I actually thought there are good human characters in this. The, the, you know, it's like, yes, it is a primarily visual movie, but the visual stuff in it is not just noise, right? Like in the Transformers movies, where. You know, I mean, and people have dissected these forever, but, like, the shot geography in those don't make sense. Like, things that you saw get blown up in one scene are back alive again in another because they don't give a shit. You know, in this one, the, the scene geography is great. The animation and the characterization of the creatures is really good. Like, I mean, one of our characters in this is, you know, King Ghidorah, Monster Zero, which, uh, you know... For the, for the record, it's in the advertising, you know, they've been, the advertising has, has downplayed how much, how married this is to, like, the the base level stuff of the original Godzilla movie. So, like, you know, King, they don't start calling him King Ghidorah. I forget why they find out that that's what this thing's name would be in the first place. But for most of the movie, it's just Monster Zero, because that makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Or, you know, like, this this is the first, officially, this is the first Godzilla movie that anyone has referred to Mothra as Queen of the Monsters on screen. Oh, See, this stuff, this stuff awesome. just gets me excited. Yeah, you see, that's cool. And well, because uh, remember, you know, I, I know that you and I... Um, disagree at the level of quality of the 2014 Godzilla movie, but I will agree that the biggest problem with that movie is that it, they, they constructed and created some absolutely fucking great Godzilla scenes. Like I remember seeing that movie 
And when Godzilla finally shows up and does his badass things in that movie, the crowd is on their feet. Like, oh, it, yeah. it is moving shit. The yeah. problem is, is that the movie they tried to structure around it was one where you're really supposed to care about the world this is happening in and the people it's happening to, and they forgot to write a compelling story in that respect. Yeah. So that was my biggest problem with it, but I, I still love I love the movie. But the trailers for this already promise me that I'm just going to get... You, you know, seeing the trailer and then seeing your review... I'm immediately six years old again, like watching you come home with the first set of, you know, kick ass Godzilla toys you got at the comic shop. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they were all imported back then, yeah, right? Yeah. And they, and so it just, that, it, it just put me right back there. And I'm like, you know, the fact that they made CGI creatures that, well, they're obviously CGI because you can't do that kind of shit with puppet work. They look and move like they have weight and they have reality. Monster Zero in the trailers moves like the dragon with its head on strings that Monster Zero is. And you see, you know, I love that about it. And I actually loved that about um, Shin Godzilla as well. Yeah. That, well, yeah. that was totally CGI. The stuff moved like it was puppetry. Like uh, there's some. Shin Godzilla was 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 a guy in a suit for a lot of it once it was. was it? Oh, okay. I wasn't, but I I thought. That movie was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, it, it's a little bit over serious, but but I really like it. Well, Shin Godzilla is trying to do another thing, though. But like, even that one kind of understands that 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 it it's about the monster. Yes. You know, and and about that. And this is, I mean, like, there, the, you know, I I have kind of like a, a a it's a separate rant about Godzilla movies that you know every everyone you know every film nerd when they kind of grow and because i've been through this my as myself you know when you grow up from you know being you know the the dorky kid who's into who's who's into weird movies into the obnoxious teenager who you know takes these things too seriously for a brief period and then gets over yourself sometime in your mid-20s hopefully right you know you um the one the first thing you learn in the how to be obnoxious about this stuff uh playbook is to insist that actually Godzilla is very serious because the first movie was an anti-nuclear parallel and had a downer ending, which is true, but then the same people immediately made 30 movies after that, which are fun. And right, are just exactly. monster wrestling. And, and, and so what is the real tradition here at this point? And this one, I think it's, it's not like the, the 70s Godzilla movies, which did start aiming younger because Ultraman was a thing by then and you know play it up for the comedy it's very much in that like mid-60s thing like the the now version of that I mean like the blockbusters in general tend to be kind of downbeat now like even the first Avengers which is about as kind of cotton candy as you can get with these things is still basically a movie about 9-11 correct so correct. so and this is Oh man, I can't wait for you to find out what the third act of this movie is. <laughs> I can't wait, dude. That's what I'm saying. I wanted to record this before yeah. I saw it because yeah, yeah. I want to have the follow up. Like, I yeah. want to record it like in a couple days. Yeah, yeah. you know. It's, but it's like, like I mean, like the when they say that like there's no characterization stuff in this, I feel like they're deliberately because the things don't talk. They're kind of like ignoring how much character there is even in the big creatures. You know, like, I mean, Godzilla has, Godzilla had a lot of character when he was on screen in the last one. He just wasn't on screen. In in this one, he's on screen a lot, and he has character a lot. They they lean, they're, they're leaning really hard on the idea that these things are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years old. They've been around forever. You know, that they all have kind of pre-existing relationships with the monsters with one another, that we and whatever is going on with us that they're now kind of happening around is a brief interruption kind of happening underfoot their own shit, that we're just kind of trying to figure out what they've got going on and how we either get out of the way or make it work for us. And But, like, the, the animation on them, I mean, like, only Godzilla... Like this is where like Godzilla is the most human looking quote unquote of of these things because he has like hands he can gesture with and sort of a face, right? You know, like I mean, Mothra is literally a great big bug. Rodan is a bird, and uh, and and Ghidra has a face, but he has three faces, and they've kind of made the decision to 
to animate uh, Ghidra as, I mean, the old one, the, the puppet in the originals, it's kind of amazing that they managed to make the, the heads all move differently in general. You know, now they can animate them separately. So the, the animation on Ghidra, whenever he's not like killing things and tearing things apart, is a lot of very subtle facial animation trying to imagine what something with three separate sentient heads, you know, how does that work? I think that's awesome. You know, where, where they're kind of like looking at each other, you know, where one of them goes to like grab at something and then the other one like barks at it and goes, no, over here. And then like this, this, this is what we should be paying attention. Like the, the middle head yelling at the other two to go for you. Like, you, like the other two are like, you know, one's picking at a thing and the other one is like, you know, biting at people. And then the middle one sees where Godzilla is and goes like, guys, guys over there. And then they have to go over that way. And it's like, it's really well animated. And I'm thinking like, that's like, you don't think about it because it looks really real and because there's no voiceover and it's not like in close up, but it's like, you know, like not only is that not an animal, that's not a thing that exists in nature that you have a reference point to point to, to, to figure out what that would do. Like the animation on that is extraordinary. And they managed to make Mothra look like, you know, weirdly beautiful and like, spiritual and supernatural i gotta tell you like they they had zi zong you know just kind of refer to her as you know mothra queen of the monsters uh just sort of like show up and in in the midst of it I'm, I'm in an audience watching this most of this audience you know it's a it's a press audience and there's publicists and whatnot i can't imagine like most people do not know everything quote unquote about godzilla so who knows how many people even know what Mothra is other than it's a big bug that's friends with Godzilla. Right. But you know, this thing shows up and it's like, okay, wow, that looks really cool. But then, you know, she introduces it as Mothra queen of the monsters. And you could hear like a kind of ripple go through the audience and people like quietly applauded and then big applaud. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting reaction. Rather. And I had to be sitting next to like a publicist from who was here showing off the movie and you know, and you know and and she started clapping and she leaned, and and she leans back in the sheet and then she she you know when it got quiets down she you know she she goes she's like I had no idea one of these was a woman <laughs> so, so and 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 now and now and now like she was it like she and, and I was like wow like this is it's it's like suddenly the Captain Marvel effect you know it's like now people are like like wait wait a minute one one like the idea that Mothra was the lady monster in this people didn't like like that this was oh okay wow this is Ne like I like yeah. If you want a notice of how starved people are for you know like female leads in these things, the implication that what appears to other than the fact that it's a big butterfly be an otherwise genderless monster, you know, right. is that they kind of decide, oh yeah, this one is th this one is female. Suddenly, half the audience goes, oh yeah, that's our girl. You go, go get them. Yeah, we're one hundred percent behind this, and we'll follow you into battle. Yeah, yeah, they got it. And and I mean, like, and I mean, there's, it's so big, and it's so well real. I mean, anyone can, not anyone can, but like, it's very easy to write down on a page. Oh yeah, okay. So Rodan comes out of a volcano and he's a big bird and he's on fire and he flies over a city and that makes a hurricane and they fly fighter jets after him and he the big birds so he swoops down after the fighter jets and grabs them with his feet and he and the fighter jets all swarm around him and it's like okay we're all gonna get him oh but wait this is a bird he can just do like a barrel roll and now all the planes are gone okay it's like sounds cool but and you know you can animate that. You know, and it's probably not as difficult as doing that with miniatures, but like framing something like that so it looks like the most epic thing you've ever seen versus, okay, that, that's just a thing that happened is, is filmmaking. It's not right. like this, it's not like you can just go out and get footage of the actual Rodan doing this and it's going to look cool because we know that looks cool. Right. You know, you have, you have to make this happen. And it's just exceptionally well done. The the storyline behind it, which which is you know, eco terrorists believe that uh, the the kaiju or titans showing up is uh, Earth basically releasing white blood cells to get rid of a bad case of the humans is pretty much right. our, is pretty much our premise. So you know, so 
I guess now after Thanos, this is just every bad guy's plan now is being mad about overpopulation. <laughs> so, so we, so it, that's a really silly place to go with this as a movie, but you know, these are giant dinosaurs. What else are you going to do? Right. And it fits though. Like they, they take it as seriously as it needs to be taken. The character stuff works. It's bonkers, big and nutty, but like it's, it's all clear. The shot composition is gorgeous. The character stuff works. And I think that people are, even people that, uh, you know, say that they really like it are, are in some cases not giving it enough credit. And I'm not surprised that the reviews are weird on it because I mean, Godzilla has always been, despite being something that everyone kind of knows of, it's also always been kind of a weird niche, bizarre thing. And short of, you know, like finally breaking the third wall down and finding a way for Godzilla to talk and turning it into like a character thing so that people can like fall in love with the psychology of this. Like they have for the, you know, all it took for all of the Marvel heroes to become like household names that everyone loves is to let them like, just get on the couch and, uh, you know, pour out their neuroses for 20 minutes a movie. Right. You can't really do that with Godzilla. You know, like Godzilla can't briefly turn into Mark Ruffalo for half of the movie and, and, and be cute you know, and, and get the audience really on his side. You know, he's kind of always Godzilla. Exactly, exactly. And, and it works, but you know, like Kyle Chandler is in this. Who else do you want to walk you through a movie this bizarre than Kyle Chandler? You know, who, It's perfect. He's just one of the perfect every guy kind of guys. Vera Farming is very good. Charles Dance is fun. I want to see, after all of this, I want to see what the hell they think they're going to do with King Kong. Well, that's what I was just about to say. You know, I've been following the production of this because yeah. Mike Doherty has been very um, outward in letting people know, Hey, we're working on this. Hey, here's a cool teaser shot. Hey, here's this. And I love his other two movies. I think oh, yeah. trick or treat is awesome. I think Krampus, if Krampus had come out when we were kids, that would have been one of the things we watched like every year at Christmas time. You know what I mean? Like that movie's just bonkers and I, yeah. I love it. It's, it's the best Joe Dante movie Joe Dante didn't make. <laughs> and, um, uh, I, I love it. And so to see, a, you know, you could, you could already tell them the guy just had an eye for this stuff, but this is a big production, right? You, you, it doesn't always work that, you know, the cheap indie director that we can get and kind of tell what to do is actually going to have a vision and um, and pull it off. But, man, does this look like he did. And so I'm interested and excited to see where Adam Wingard, who has an even bigger, you know, career behind him up to this point of, you know, quantity of films that I really dig the majority of them. Um I wonder, I, I, I really do, I wonder, uh, I think they'll complement each other visually, well, but I'm I don't sure. know, I don't know what to think about it. I, I had read an interview where he had reminded us that Kong was supposed to be a teenager, so yeah. that's his kind of explanation for, that's why Kong can be bigger now. Yeah, yeah. I think, it's like, right, that makes sense, okay, cool, okay, yeah, cool. I mean, the size thing is the size thing, I mean, when you see, it's the 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 degree to which this is a different thing than the last Godzilla is is marked in the, like the last Godzilla was very much in sort of a hey you know we are we are playing this more like it's a science thing so you know the uh, you know if if you thought that the implication that there was magical or extraterrestrial stuff hanging around in the background of of these things was not going to be part of these <laughs> other 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 stuff is is available here like the the the, the palette is wide open so um but like the 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 issue with with the king kong thing was always you know we now like in this one we have godzilla in like you know a a three to four way fight depending on the scene with different types of monsters you know two of them fly three three of them fly one of them has three heads you know all this other stuff's going on you know, I'm not sure. I th is is the idea that the King Kong is different because he'll be up against another biped that can also punch. But uh, you know, I remember also like uh, Kong. You know, was like uh, kind of a, a, a heavy weapons user in the other one. He was clever. That's the yeah. thing. That's the thing I really loved about Skull Island is there yeah. wasn't like 
there wasn't just a brute strength run forward and knock shit over. Kong, you know, as silly as it was, he would sneak up on people. He was setting traps. Yeah. yeah. You know I, what I mean? I, he would, I loved that about that movie. I mean, I assume because like Godzilla works either as protagonist or anti, like Godzilla can be good or Godzilla can be like uh, morally ambiguous. You know, even even in this one, every time it's like, you know, it's like, wow, every time someone comes up to say it's like, you know, oh, good. Thank God Godzilla's on our side. One of the other good guys has to run. It's like, you know, it's like, well, he's on our side right now. Right. And yeah. so my, my vision of how a cool King Kong versus Godzilla movie could work would be all depending on where they put it. Yeah. Because if because if if they do Godzilla on Kong's home turf, that's that turns into Predator for me. Yeah. Like imagine like large scale predator. That would be really fucking cool. Like yeah, a cat and mouse game, yeah, kind of thing. But yeah. I just don't know what they're gonna make. Um, yeah, I mean it's and, well, and also like Wingard is all, like uh, you know Doherty can be serious and he can be funny. He's been done like both kinds of horror stuff. This one leans in the direction of serious. Like it's not a dour, dull movie like the other Godzilla was, but it's not like. Uh, like a, hey, we're joking around about this like even Rampage was. You know, this is about, like, these things are big and awesome and amazing and you should respect it. Uh, Wingard is much more of a, like, you know, he he is almost sometimes to the detriment of the movies, which I all, which I like pretty much everything he's done, you know, is that he, he will go for the nasty joke when it's there, almost like he can't help himself. Oh, yeah, your next has a couple of those where I went, wow, oh, yeah. that's not going to age well, dude. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, he's got his thing. So I wonder if, like, the Kong one will be a little lighter and a little whack, like if they'll just kind of lean into the fact of, okay, all right, this is our Freddy versus Jason. Let's just have fun. But also, I mean, like, if you gave King Kong versus Godzilla to me, since we've already, there's already been one King Kong versus Godzilla, and they punched each other up, and it was cool, and the novelty was, hey, look, King Kong and Godzilla are in a movie together. And at the time, like, there was really no such thing as real crossovers. So right. how often did that happen? Now we've had, you know, Batman versus Superman. We've had Freddy versus Jason. We've had Alien versus Predator. I would do, uh, if, if, if I was directing King Kong versus Godzilla, and I almost don't want to say this because, you know, but I assume that they must already be making the movie, so I hope that this would be, like, the thing that they would do, is I hope that, uh, since everyone's just expecting that they're going to, like, just two two monsters punch each other, I hope that they, like, give King Kong weapons. I agree. I think that'll be badass. I, I like, I don't know if they will, but I think that, because, like, I feel like you, you can't do Mechagodzilla right away because that's just Pacific Rim. Right. And, like, people have seen... And it's, like, it's unfair because I love Mechagodzilla. And I I want to see it eventually. But, like, people have seen Pacific Rim and the general audience will just go, okay, this is just Pacific Rim, you know, whatever. Or this is two Power Rangers or, or whatever. Right. But uh, but uh, I feel like if you, like, had... Because King, King Kong being the gorilla is more of a person because he's got, you know, like, human-like. I think that there's a lot of visual fun to be had if they had like an the army like outfitting King Kong with like okay King Kong, oh oh okay King Kong's gonna like fight on our side okay all right uh, someone get started on like a machine gun as big as a battleship so that King Kong can hold it and like so like you know if he's got like a big machine gun to like fight Godzilla with and he's like shooting it and like the big shells are coming out of the machine gun and the shells are like the size of garbage cans and they're smashing cars or he's got like a knife as big as a building or they've got like, you know, King Kong sized bulletproof vests and they've got like guys that have to bring dump trucks full of ammo for him to reload. Like, I think that is kind of a cool, like King Kong, like doing John Woo stuff off of like jumping off of buildings. I think is that that's different. We've never seen that. Yeah, I'd watch that movie. Yeah, a I would. Times. Yeah, yeah. Maybe like put like armor on him, and people can like ride on his shoulders and shoot. Him. I don't know stuff like that. There's like, like dino other... riders. Yeah, 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 like that. You know, but who knows? You know, I'm sure that if they, like they've said that they will, like the other ones, they'll have a winner. They won't like call it a draw. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll see. I I want to see it. I think that uh, I want to see how this does. They're projecting like you know sixty to seventy mil which is less than the other one opened with, but the other one opened really big and then dropped right off. Yes, it did. And the other one was, you know, the ad campaign was great 
And yeah. again, Godzilla looked great. So yeah. I could see the the opening weekend for that being huge because it's like, we need to see this. This looks like they pulled it off. Yeah, yeah. And it and if it set the breadcrumbs and if it set the standard for which they were able to build off of it and do this, that's great. Yeah, I think th- this this one we we don't know. It's gonna open. Uh, it's opening like at the same time in China. I think China will go absolutely apeshit for this because big spectacle, super colorful, looks great in three D. So uh, you know the the uh, like this is if if there is ever a reason to see one of these in like even the faux IMAX thing, you might as well do this one because they really they sh- they shoot. That's them. what I'm doing. I, yeah. I picked the faux yeah. IMAX. Yeah, they they shoot them for IMAX. They shoot them for you know. It's like here's a little person. Here's a big goddamn monster, and and it's great. And it and it's I I I just I had so much fun with it. I really there's there's Godzilla fan service. It's big monsters. I just I had a ball. Like I'm not like pissed off that uh, that the reviews aren't wonderful from like other critics, but because I, I don't think the reviews for this were ever going to be like big amazing awesome reviews. I think that if it catches on and you like it, I think in maybe a year's time there will be like revisitations of this like oh hey yeah like kind of like the brendan fraser mummy you know it's such a great fucking movie right that just had like it's like 20 year anniversary or something remember you and i went and saw that opening weekend like sight not sight unseen but there wasn't as much of this to go off of back then right yeah and it was And, and it was just i remember turning to each other at the at the part when the um uh the guy, the mummy, and the, the the thief that the mummy takes to be his um, helper pulls yeah. out all of his um, oh the necklaces and yeah. he sees oh the insignia of the slaves and you I know, go he, he starts speaking he he starts yes that was it and and he recognizes that that's the language of the slaves and I just and went who wrote this fucking thing this is that is not something I expected my big dumb Indiana Jones ripoff yeah, you know and yeah, it turned out that was a John Sale script. I, I I loved it. No, no, the moment came, but the thing is, like when that came out at the time, the reviews on that were the reviews from this. You know, the reviews on that were, oh God, you know, the Boris Karloff mummy was this slow lyrical thing that was all about slow build fear and terror, and this is this big dumb CGI thing, and it's goofy, and it's not even as smart as Indiana Jones, and Brendan Fraser is a one-dimensional square-jawed goof, and isn't this dumb, and now like 20 years later, the anniversary of that movie was everyone in the film press basically agreeing oh my god that was an amazing movie i watched that a hundred times wasn't this great i feel like this is that movie in like a year's time that like with some time to chew on it and reflect apart from the oh man yeah we're, we're so sick of cinematic universes and cgi that like people be looking back at this and going like oh man you know that was that was really great that was really cool and also kids are gonna love this it's you know kids if you're like if you've got like young kids I mean, it's intense, it's big, and it's sort of great, but, like, very little blood and gore. They're they're big monsters. Like, lots of people get killed, but they're abstractly killed off-screen, you right. know, because, like, people are getting stomped and such, but it's not... It, like, I, I would almost... Like, Rampage is probably slightly more violent because I think a lot of people get, like, shot and, like, stabbed in Rampage. Not so much in this. This, this is more like... Oh, well, he put his foot down there, and now Cleveland's gone. You know that that that's that's, that's, that's kind of this that's sort of this movie. You know, because uh, they're they, they are that big. Well, that's uh, awesome. I I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, it's 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 so it's so it's so great, and it's just 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 wait till you see what what the end of this movie is. Holy shit! So so that's awesome. So going into the vein of um, childhood nostalgia coming full circle. I, um, I, what'd you say? I know where this is going. I watched the dark crystal trailer about 25 times today. (laughs) Um, where, how, (laughs) how did they do that? Bob, I'm actually tearing up over this fucking thing. Like, did you have the same reaction as me? Like, it it looks like, it looks like they just made another one, like immediately. they, They did, they did make another one. No, you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah, it doesn't okay. look it outside of the fact that it's cleaner, and you know, there's some CG in there. It, it, yeah. it just, it just looks like they said, "Oh yeah, by the way, here's this other Dark Crystal movie that we made that we're just letting you know now, thirty years later, exists." 
Yeah, yeah. Prequel. Dark Crystal prequel. Oh my god, Bob, it looks so fucking good. Yeah, and it's a show too. So this is like fifteen hours long or something. Oh my god. I mean, yeah. just seeing Agra's oh, castle yeah. there. Agra's back, the Skeksis are back. Oh, and they're all puppets, and yeah. it's just wonderful. And I and there's Fizzgig and the the weird ass walking creatures and the bugs and the oh, yeah. and the Oh God! Oh yeah, this looks and good. And Chamberlain. Yeah. And oh my God, I didn't know how much I needed this fucking thing. Oh yeah. You know what was fun about this is that I I I always forget like th- this is something that you know people hear about and then like have they don't nest because you know obviously Labyrinth is the more popular one. It has David Bowie. Fine. Okay. Th- this one it, people don't really ever seem to take the advice to, to, to just go and watch this. So, but like now that the trailer for this ran, you know, on Netflix and, you know, since there's an entire generation for who of, you know, people, which, you know, I guess this is the way it was with video stores and such when we were kids, if something isn't on Netflix, it basically doesn't exist. Right. Right. as, As a piece of available viewable media. And then once it is on Netflix, it has suddenly been birthed into existence for the first time. So this ran and a whole bunch of an audience that would always have liked The Dark Crystal, you know, saw this and went, okay, this is something. Then immediately followed by, you know, like Facebook, Twitter. Okay, guys, so apparently this is a prequel to a movie that uh, already exists and I found it and I'm watching it. And what, wh- where did this come from? This is amazing. Right, and the thing the thing with the Dark Crystal is that yeah. it's immediately recognizable. Yeah, it, it, it's and it, it never had as quite of a big of a following as the Star Wars is and the the other fantasy type stuff. Maybe even of of Labyrinth, but there's just something it brings me back to an exact moment, an exact feeling that few things do because it's so unique. Uh, other things that have that same feeling the minute I see one cell or shot from the nightmare before Christmas, it's the exact same kind of thing. It's just like, that makes me feel something like I'm not just remembering the movie. I'm remembering like me, how I was when I saw it. And this was something you and I would sit and turn on, on like a Sunday afternoon with mom and dad and like be building like Duplo castles and like acting out the friggin' movie. You know, and remember that was fantasy was hard to find, right? Especially for kids. Yeah. So it was like all consuming, right? We had the the cartoon of the Hobbit and David the Gnome, and then Labyrinth and um uh um Dragon Slayer, you know, and uh, then the the lesser ones. And it's just this thing, and to see to see the title card come up. And the Dark Crystal comes up first, and then Jim Henson's script insignia name, which I didn't know how much I missed seeing. Yeah, like it, yeah. it gave me the chills. It's like yeah. they're just—they looked like they nailed it. I really hope they did because they got the look down. They definitely got the look down, man. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be something. I, oh I, my god, I can't fucking wait. When is that? In like a couple months? That's that's coming. That's that's the end of June. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, we'll be binging that. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. If that one, what was oh the um last unicorn? That's another one that just dives right into, right into this. So um, God, more things. Um, you saw Brightburn? Yes, I did. What'd you think of Brightburn? I thought it was fine. Yeah, I did too. My biggest thing that I, my biggest takeaway when I got through it was I was like, wow, that was a really good version of that. I wish they hadn't told me that it was going to be that. Mm. Like, I feel like a lot of like the anticipation for Brightburn came of the trailer telling you, okay, it's going to be an evil Superman movie. So I'm like, cool. And I go and see it. And that's exactly what I got. And I almost wish they had, you know, been a little bit more ambiguous about that. And I think other people would eat it up better because of that. I think for me, it delivered exactly what I wanted. Yeah. You know, but almost if that had been like more of a Shyamalan-y, Shyamalan-y thing, like a mystery box kind of thing, where it's like, okay, so what are we making here? Is somebody just ripping off Superman, or what's it going to be? And then you get there and really find out how intense this is going to get. Yeah. Um, but it, but it was very well made. Um, I dug it. It, it was cheap. It's made back its money threefold. So good on them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 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 fun. 
there's not uh, you there's know, a lot to it. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, uh, the the issue for I think some of it is that it, there's a lot of like managed expectation. You know, where we've we've had so much of the uh, uh, you know the the deconstruction superhero thing has already like made it into like they've already filmed like we're about to get our second Watchmen adaptation. Yeah, I don't like the look of that at all. I, I just kind of want to jump right over talking about that because that yeah. makes me angry. But like we, we're getting uh, all this, so it. I think that the the expectation from people is that when you finally get to this, that that uh, that because it's so it puts so much of the hey hey guys we're we're doing we're doing a dark Superman thing. Do you get it? Do you get the reference in the trailer? Which I don't know how you can not do that because right it, that's gonna, the conundrum. You know, it gets in there. I think that when you get to the movie and it and it kind of plays out as the film that dares to ask the question, what if Superman was evil? And the answer is, well, that would be bad. About as bad as you can imagine. And and that's and that's kind of it. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's satisfying. But uh, and, it's, and it it's, delivers. It's, yeah. it's it's just a you know evil kid, yeah, people yeah. die movie. Yeah, you it know? Is, <laughs> it, yeah, it's a it it's basically a here is a formula. Uh, your kid is a psycho movie. Yeah, which there's been I mean there's been like a hundred of these movies where like the bad seed you know it, it's like the omen is basically the bad seed mashed together with a possession movie. So it's like well the kid is clearly. Where you know it's like ah oh, well why why aren't these people noticing that their kid is is evil but he's actually the devil in this one it's that but instead of being the devil he's he's Superman right yeah it's 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 pretty wild and and I and I like that they spent the first act of the movie really establishing that he's got a real relationship with these people yeah because yeah that it makes it it makes it hit harder. Like, I mean, for me, um, sitting in the theater and the minute they do the, okay, now we're going to move forward in time using actual like, um, home video footage of, of, of a kid to be like him as a baby, as a parent, I sat there and went, oh my God, they're going to make me sit here and feel empathy for this situation. Oh shit. Like I'm going to feel for the parents. So I, I bought that with the, no, we don't want people to find out because we wanted a kid so bad. And then how are we going to explain this to people? They're going to take him from us, you know? And I, I like that sort of panic um, that came in that. I mean, fr- from the get go, you know, exactly that everybody's fucked. Yeah. Like there's no, and so there's no surprise there, but I think the level of zero to 11, it goes to with the violence um, was unexpected. And um, it, it's just, you know, it, it, it's like, it's like a great, you know, old slasher movie. It's got some good kills. Yeah. You know, I, and, and they, and they're not fun. That's the thing is it's like, it's a very dire, dour, bleak little movie. Yeah. And so when people get off, it's not like a joyous thing. You're, you, you know, it's more like the Evil Dead remake, yeah. you know, where you sit there and go, oh, shit, when this isn't fun, that's what it's like, huh? Oh, crap, yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, the, the, the kid the kid carried it well. Um, yeah, he, he's good. And again, I, I'd like to know more. I hope they never tell me more, but I'd like mm-hmm. to know more. You know, is it that he is inherently evil or he's kind of like a sleeper cell where they drop these kids off on these planets and control them because the ship yeah. is talking to him. Mm-hmm. So is he, you know, just, is it like an infection, you know, where he's not really kind of, he has the power, but he could, he doesn't really have a choice, but if that thing wasn't like, if they could turn the ship off, would he just be good? Yeah. You know, is the, is the question I ask myself, but probably not. It, it, they, they, they have that very heavy handed. Well, I'm superior to them. Yeah, like line where I'm like, oh yeah, you're not um, shying away from that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I dug it. So so yeah. that's Brightburn. What else have I seen? Oh, I watched The Perfection. Oh, I still gotta watch that. Is it good? Oh, I thought so. I, I think a lot of people are very um, very half and half on it. But I yeah. I really liked it. It's um it's another one where 
it's just the the tone. I, I had no idea what it was about. I had saw a lot of people reacting to it, like, oh my god, the perfection's bonkers, you gotta see it. And so I turned it on and I watched it and it's just immediately off. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing they ease you into what's going on, but there's just immediately something not right. The performances bounce around from being very good and well-written to intentionally like very direct, like the character is like intentionally trying to red herring you, but you can't figure if it's because they're doing it as a character or if the script is trying to misdirect you and it's very brilliantly done. And then it goes from, you know, it goes from, um, movie about loss to erotic thriller to oh shit that just got really freaking gory where did that come from to ah uh, no it's not really about that we've got this going on and oh also these other characters are here now and this is what's happening and it just jumps around so many times and where it eventually gets to is just this really cool you know revenge flick kind of thing and and I and I really dug it uh, but it's it's fucking intense, dude. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, but but I dug it. So if you get a chance to watch it, please do. I, I look forward to it. Um, so yeah, um, I'm looking forward to see Godzilla tomorrow. And uh, Bob, is there anything you want to tell the people before we sign off? Uh, please keep a lookout for all the stuff going on at the Escapist. I'll have some uh, E3 related content uh, going up. And uh, hey, you know we've got San Diego Comic Con going up. Who knows what might happen? And uh, keep an eye out for stuff. Awesome. And as always, everybody, keep listening to the Chipman Brothers Tangent, the Talkbuster podcast, which I randomly dropped a line to a Blockbuster fan page that I was looking to talk to people who were in the corporate side of it, which I have no background in, and got 30 some odd responses. So I've got guests up the wazoo um, coming and um, shooting the shit with Chippo, which again has a ton of guests coming, and the Creating Geeks podcast, which um, uh, is, is doing great as well. So um, thank you all for coming along on the tangent. And until next time, this has been Chris. I'm Bob. All right. Have a great night. All right. You too.